I am Dracula. I thought I was in the wrong place. I bid you welcome. Hi, welcome to Straight to LaserDisc. This is just Andy for today as we're introducing a new segment called Quick Takes. Today's Quick Take is about Universal Pictures' classic 1931 horror movie, Dracula, starring the man who was born to play the role, Bela Lugosi. The movie is based off of Irish author Bram Stoker's uh, novel of the same name, but more so off the stage play, first performed in 1924. The play was a monstrous success, pun intended, on both Broadway and in the West End in London, so obviously there would be a movie adaptation, and in fact, MGM and Universal began a bidding war, and Universal won the day. Um, or Sentry, I don't know, but uh, ripped to their Universal Monster cinematic universe anyway. <laughs> But, so initially they wanted Lon Chaney, uh, who played uh, the Phantom in The Phantom of the Opera, and Quasimodo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, they wanted him to star as the title role uh, Dracula, but apparently he was struggling with cancer at the time, so he couldn't take the part. And so the studio wanted everyone, it seems, but Bela Lugosi to play the role. I agree 100%. Now, Dracula, that's a role that requires talent. Of course! Dracula requires presence. It, it's all in the eyes and the voice and the hand. That's right. Well, now, Bella Lugosi uh, had already played the role to much success and much acclaim on the stage. And he began um, taking on the character, I believe, in 1927, so a few years after uh, the play was first premiered. However, um, he campaigned very hard to play the role, and he eventually won by working for Peanuts. It, basically, he was only paid $500 per week, and he made, in total, according to my research, only $3,500 total for now his iconic performance. Um, but the film obviously drew a lot of inspiration. The authors, were, uh, the writers, I should say, were, and film director Todd Browning were very conscious of, of the previous Dracula adaptation, albeit uh, unlicensed. Uh, F.W. Uh, Murnau's uh, silent classic movie Nosferatu from 1922. And so they looked at that movie, not only borrowed imagery and set designs and some lighting, but actually there were some similar, similar scenes that apparently deviated from the book that were in that was that were in Nosferatu that they then took and put in the 1931 Dracula movie but I should note that um I actually haven't read the book so I'm not going to judge the movie by its um accuracy but uh but critics at the time thought Dracula uh the movie 1931 movie was um, was very good, uh, including the New York Times, who called it, um, quote, the, the best of the many mystery films, end quote. But uh, so n after nearly 100 years and, and great anticipation from this viewer, um, I've never seen the movie. Uh, does it hold up? So here's why. Let's start with the plot, just simply. Um, so the plot 
is a little odd for um not it's well i guess it's similar to nosferatu and because it's based off the book but um the the plot revolves essentially around a business deal count dracula um is buying property in this movie in london but um when the real estate broker travels to transylvania to essentially close the deal um you know everyone tells him like don't go they tell they foreshadow dark things like there are wolves and bats that prowl about at night uh they give him a crucifix to to ward off any demons um basically dracula is a known suspicious character already and there's actually a shot when uh the real estate broker um reinhold i think his name is uh, he comes into the village on a carriage there is literally a cross up on a distant hill that's overlooking the um overlooking the town it's it's kind of similar up to water in waterbury or um waterbury connecticut if you don't know holy land usa there's a giant crucifix uh, well not crucifix a cross that overlooks uh i-84 and the the city but so right away i mean you're as the audience you're thrown into like okay some things weird is happening you know it's slowly you you expect that it's going to slowly build to like okay dracula is just a weird guy but the movie's like nope cuts it off right there uh when we already see um dracula doing something very suspicious uh like basically turning into a bat and so basically so it reduces the tension of the intro of of Dracula meeting the real estate broker, vice versa, to nothing. You already know as an audience going in that, okay, this guy is, is doomed. Um, we don't really know anything about the character, so there's no, there's not much, you know, <laughs> stakes. <laughs> there aren't any stakes. And that's the problem I had for most of the movie, the tension and suspense and mystery uh, New York Times, you want fake news, um, that you want in a horror movie is not there. So maybe it was for audiences back then, but, you know, over time, I guess you could say other movies drew from this and developed the, the uh, developed developing suspense in movies much better, but the thrills here, I just felt like weren't present, uh, wasn't present. So overall, I just thought the movie was, uh, was very boring. It's, it's a slog, you know, just scene, scene to go on and on. And, um, the plot isn't intriguing really because we don't necessarily care where it's building to. There's a showdown between Van Helsing, who's onto Dracula. Uh, he's like, he knows he's a vampire. Um, so you, you, do you think that the movie's going to build to that climax between them, those two fighting over the corruption of this young woman in the movie named Mina and both of those things you know traditionally you're like okay this is where the movie is going but it never really sticks the landing it because the movie often feels repetitive or the characters don't come to like the the you know most obvious clues like Dracula is a vampire <laughs> like there's one guy he must be so stupid uh, uh he literally sees um or doesn't see Dracula's reflection in a mirror. And he's like looking back and forth. The movie cuts back and forth several times. It's actually one of the neater things in the movie. 
But then after that, the character is like, he can't be a vampire. Like, what? And he's so confused. And I just thought, wow, this... you (laughs) just he's just dumb but most of the time it seems like the audience in the movie are ahead of the characters in the story um which is not good and does not lead to much suspense or um or even character development but overall i'd have to give at least from the movie itself um give credit to bella lugosi he is definitely the best thing in the movie and he tries his best, and he's actually given something to do except for staring at people. He does a lot of staring. Um, like that, that's like 90% of the scenes. Maybe they were worried about his Hungarian accent. Um, but also a lot of the action seems to occur off camera, um, which is where the obvious stage play uh, comes to mind. Like right at the end of the movie, I guess uh, I'll spoil it. Spoiler alert, right? Now you have a few seconds to leave. Okay, I'm going to spoil it. Um, so at the end of the movie, Dracula is in his one of his new properties in London in this abbey, and he's in his coffin. Um, and Van Helsing and the dope I mentioned before, um, they're trying to find the young girl, Mina, who Dracula has taken away, but um, so they search this crypt. Van Helsing finds the coffin that Dracula is sleeping in, and basically off camera, he makes a stake and he drives the stake through Dracula's heart. And we only hear him, Dracula, going, oh! which is completely anticlimactic it's just so it's so bad um just like it it, from from a viewer's perspective because you're like okay movie this is where you're building to this whole time and nope you don't even give us the courtesy of showing it or or even trying you know the, the luxury of doing something in a film um is that you have to show not tell that's the difference between a movie and a stage play. You want to show your audience what's happening, not just tell them. Um, and this movie does a lot more telling than showing. Uh, unlike its counterpart, um, I guess its elder, uh, Nosferatu, which it borrowed a lot. Of, the best things, I should say, about um, Dracula are lifted from Nosferatu. Meaning that... <laughs> so it, it just seems that Besides Bela Lugosi, uh, there's no real originality to it in terms of creative, um, you know, like any creative leaps and bounds. But I guess it was when it came out. But uh, for this viewer, it was, eh, doesn't hold up. I'd recommend watching Nosferatu, which still does hold up. Um, I still find that movie to be very creepy, even after um, SpongeBob <laughs> um, took uh, some of its horror wings out from underneath it. But um, anyway, that ends my thoughts. My quick take on 1931's uh, Dracula, and uh, hope you have a great time and a great spooky season. Mm.
nose for Ratu. <laughs>